Hello, I'm Mercedes Stevenson, and this is the West Block Politics, Perspectives, and Players. On Tuesday, Canada's health minister unveiled the long-awaited update to Canada's food guide. Gone are the traditional food groups and advice about serving sizes. Instead, it urges Canadians to eat more vegetables, fruits, whole grains, and plant-based proteins. Dairy and meat are no longer separate food groups, but are now lumped in with protein. The guide may set out a roadmap about what to eat, but what happens if you can't afford or access healthy food options? Joining me now is Diana Bronson, Executive Director at Food Secure Canada. Uh, Diana, what do you think of the changes to the Canada Food Guide that were announced this week? Well, overall, we're really, really pleased. These are changes that are long overdue. It's great to see the switch to uh, uh, a plant-based diet. It's great to see um, also that we're talking not only about what we eat, but how we eat. This is absolutely critical to address the food environment and uh, all the different influences like marketing that affect uh, the kind of diets Canadians are eating. So we're really pleased overall. There's still lots of work to be done, but uh, very good move. So great changes to the diet, in your opinion, in terms of the recommendations. Do you think that those changes to the food guide, though, will actually change how people eat from day to day? Well, that all depends on the rollout that's going to happen uh, during the rest of uh, uh, this parliamentary uh, session, as well as in the coming years. Uh, in order for the food guide to really have uh, an impact, it has to be applied. Um, there's great opportunities to apply it in schools, for example, and getting that out to kids as the way that we should be eating in hospitals, which, as you know, are serving pretty bad food right now. And if they started to follow the food guide, we'd be a lot better off for food in hospitals. It's a great opportunity for Health Canada to take some leadership on that. Um, there's great opportunities for farmers. Our agricultural support systems tends to support large commodity farms and not so much those uh, small upcoming younger farmers who are growing fruits and vegetables to local markets. This is a great opportunity to support them. And there's two critical uh, pieces of uh, legislation and regulations before the federal government right now that absolutely need to happen. One is the bill before the Senate on marketing to children. And then there's the regulatory package called front of pack that would actually put labels on the front of that uh, that pr highly processed food that people should not be eating so much of when they have excess sodium, um, sugar or saturated fats. And that's critical to moms when the moms or dads or whoever is going to the grocery store um, to have it clearly identified which foods are the ones that we should not be eating. So we need to see that front of pack legislation come through. I think everyone wants to eat healthier, but it can be really tough for some people, especially lower income Canadians, because, you know, uh, buying beans or lentils might be cheaper. But when you start talking about fresh fruits, fresh vegetables, lean meats, you start to get into the pricey range quickly. So it's one thing to recommend it. But do you think that it's actually accessible for all Canadians to do this? Well, there's 4 million Canadians that live in food insecurity. That means that they do not have the means, the financial means to uh, buy a healthy diet. Uh, so those are, you know, those are standard statistics. Uh, they're well known. And that's not going to be solved by the food guide alone. We need new income supports. We need also to switch the way we support our agricultural system so that we can lower the prices of some of those highly desirable foods. Um, Another thing that the food guide talks about is food skills. So you need to know how 
to cook uh, lentils and beans and take them from, you know, a dry, a relatively um, cheap product that is dried in a package and how to make that into something that is delicious. And the fo food guide has, has, has done some important steps on that. Um, but again, if we really want this to have an impact and we want to get it into the culture of how people actually eat and change eating habits, then it's going to have, we're going to have to talk about it in schools, in hospitals, in public institutions. Um, we're going to have to see retailers uh, starting to uh, take actions to support um, uh, more fresh fruit and vegetables. We know that 86% of Canadians want to eat local fresh fruit and vegetables. Let's create a system, a food system, whereby that becomes something that is accessible to everyone. What about Indigenous communities or communities in the North? Because it's simply by their location, it can be very tough to get fresh fruits and vegetables. They're extremely expensive when you do get them. There's a high carbon footprint to transporting those goods. Um, and, and even just getting basics, even processed foods can be very difficult there. So when you're talking about fresh foods and clean water too, saying drink lots of water, um, how do you think the government should address that situation? Because it seems like a lot of those communities would be very disadvantaged in this. Yeah, well, I don't think fresh fruits and vegetables is key to sustainable diets in the north. I think it's much more about traditional foods, about hunting and gathering and fishing and the traditional diets that people in the north have have had. Um, I don't I think we need to increase the food sovereignty and the self-sufficiency of, uh, of people in northern Canada where rates of food insecurity are um, as high as 70% amongst children, for example, in Nunavut. So if we really want to switch that around, um, we've got to have the policy supports in place so that um, there's more sovereignty over their own food choices uh, in, in Northern Canada. Uh, it's not, we, we have tried to subsidize the transportation of fresh fruits and vegetables north in a program called Nutrition North. And that program is a bitter failure. It is now being rebuilt. So again, the food guide is one piece of a bigger puzzle. We need to fix Nutrition North. And the government has made important steps in that regard. We need to, we need to, especially integrate all of these ideas into the new food policy for Canada that we're expecting to be announced in the next couple of weeks, which has the pillars of health, sustainability, equity, and economic growth. We think the food policy is a place where all of these issues can come together into a coherent whole that will be good for the economy, good for our health, good for the planet. When it comes to the policy you're recommending, it almost sounds like a food revolution uh, and lots of really interesting ideas, but also potentially very expensive ideas. Do you think that the government is going to go for that? And how much do you think it could cost to deliver the kind of food program you're talking about? I don't think it is a net expense. I think we will save a ton of money. The, uh, the, 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 the burden on public spending of chronic diseases caused by a bad diet, so diabetes, cardiovascular disease, um, obesity, uh, various eating disorders, some kinds of cancers, are costing the Canadian taxpayer billions of dollars right now. And we focus uniquely on the treatment of those diseases and not on their prevention. A good diet is a key to, having, um, um, to, to getting those costs under control. So I consider this a wise investment of public funds. Fixing our food system is not going to cost billions of dollars. It's going to save 
billions of dollars. And I think that's what the minister has started to understand. Health Canada sees these costs escalating. It's uh, a huge percentage of the transfer payments that go to provinces. Every provincial government is struggling with these costs. And the prime driver above lack of exercise and above smoking is bad diet. So this is a first really important step in getting those costs under control. It's not going to happen overnight. We need to have a longer term view. We can't just look to the next election. We should be looking decades ahead and getting our population more healthy and all Canadians, not just those of us who can afford to eat well. Diana, that was great. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Thanks for checking out the West Block podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and listen on your Apple podcast, Google podcast, or wherever you find your podcast. And join the conversation at the West Block Facebook and check out our Instagram page. And please tune in again.